0: And you're just back from that funeral, and and then a war, kind of bursting into full flame in Israel yesterday, and the ongoing war in Ukraine. But you know, all these things remind us of a broken world, and longing for things to be made right. And as we look at what the the Lord does for us, and. in our lives it's in stark contrast to what we see around us and so i'd like to <clears throat> take a few moments here to look at at new things you know david had shared with me that his name is what would you say a transliteration what's the other word for it? but sort of to your chinese name and i don't know what your chinese name is but david is based on that but you'd like to be known as david based on a biblical name like king david you know not be known for the the kind of the world's definition of of a name but god's definition and (coughs) i thought it interesting art i don't know if you had Talked with David and knew any of that but on Wednesday night you're talking about King David and this was on my mind and brought it up I thought that's very fitting you know David that name means beloved David King David was beloved of God and we pray that you will walk in new life and be beloved of God and of people um and we can pray for you in that too but I thought that's very fitting but God in Revelations it says that when at the end of time that the believers are given a new name there's when we're buried with Christ and raised to what to new life Um, old things are passed away all things become new part of a new family I was thinking this week as a believer Believers we have a new father. We have a new brother. We have a new companion in the Holy Spirit There's a trinity there in Revelation Okay, so that's a godly trinity in the last days There is revealed an evil trinity you know, there's Satan the Antichrist and the false prophet and That's in stark contrast, total opposites. And that's what we see happening around us, too. There's a new strength source. You know, all the, it was mentioned in Sunday school, too, that what is available to the believer, all of Christ, all of God's strength. Um, Turn with me to Mark 2, 1 to 12. Mark 2, 1-12, to Jesus says in here, it's an example of, he said, I can forgive sins. And again he entered into Capernaum after some days, and it was noise that he was in the house, and straightway many were gathered together insomuch that there was no room to receive them. No, not so much as about the door. And he preached the word unto them, and they came unto him, bringing one sick of the palsy, which was born of four. And when they could not Come nigh unto him for the press, they uncovered the roof where he was, and when they had broken it up, they let down the bed wherein the sick of the palsy lay. (coughs) When Jesus saw their faith, he said unto the sick of the palsy, Son, thy sins be forgiven thee. But there were certain of the scribes sitting there and reasoning in their hearts, Why doth, doth this man speak blasphemies? Who can forgive sins but God only? And immediately when Jesus perceived in his spirit that they so reasoned within themselves, he said unto them, Why reason ye these things in your hearts? Whether is is it easier to say to the sick of the palsy, Thy sins be forgiven thee, or to say, Arise, and take up thy bed, and walk, but that you may know that the Son of Man hath power on earth to forgive sins, he saith to the sick of the palsy, I say unto thee, Arise, take up thy bed, and go thy way into thine house. And immediately he arose, took up, the bed and went forth before them all insomuch that they were all amazed and glorified God saying we never saw it on this fashion Jesus is able to heal but within that it's also proving that he is able to forgive sins Leviticus 26 12 to 13 This has been a a favored verse for a while here of mine. God says in verse 12, and I will walk among you and will be your God, and ye shall be my people. I am the Lord your God, which brought you forth out of the land of Egypt. The land of Egypt is a picture of bondage, a land of servanthood. We are in bondage before coming to Christ to the enemy to the evil one and God says here I am the Lord your God which brought you forth out of the land of Egypt that ye should not be their bondmen you're not going to be their slaves anymore and I have broken the bands of your yoke and made you go upright you're not going to be bent under the burden of a slave master anymore but you'll be able to walk upright in freedom Isaiah 54 1 through 17 Sing, O barren, thou that didst not bear, break forth into singing and cry aloud, thou that didst not travail with child. For more are the children of the desolate than the children of the married wife, saith the Lord. Enlarge the place of thy tent, and let them stretch forth the curtains of thine habitations. Spare not, lengthen thy cords, and strengthen thy stakes. (coughs) For thou shalt break forth on the right hand and on the left, and thy seed shall inherit the Gentiles, and make the desolate cities to be inhabited. Fear not, for thou shalt not be ashamed, neither be thou confounded, for thou shalt not be put to shame. For thou shalt forget the shame of thy youth and shalt not remember the reproach of thy widowhood any more. For thy maker is thine husband, the Lord of hosts is his name, and thy redeemer, the Holy One of Israel, the God of the whole earth, shall be, he be called. For the Lord hath called thee as a woman forsaken and grieved in spirit and a wife of youth when thou wast refused, saith thy God. For a small moment have I forsaken thee, but with great mercies will I gather thee. In a little wrath I hid my face from thee for a moment. But with everlasting kindness will I have mercy on thee, saith the Lord thy Redeemer. For this is as the waters of Noah unto me. For as I have sworn that the waters of Noah should no more go over the earth, so have I sworn that, thou, that I would not be wroth with thee nor rebuke thee. For the mountains shall depart. And the hills be removed but my kindness shall not depart from thee neither shall the covenant of my peace be removed saith the lord that hath mercy on thee o thou afflicted tossed with tempest and not comforted behold i will lay thy stones with fair collars and lay thy foundations with sapphires and i will make thy windows of agates and thy gates of carbuncles and all thy borders of pleasant stones And all thy children shall be taught of the Lord, and great shall be the peace of thy children. In righteousness shalt thou be established. Thou shalt be far from oppression, for thou shalt not fear, and from terror, for it shall not come near thee. Behold, they shall surely gather together, but not by me. Whosoever shall gather together against thee shall fall for thy sake. Behold, I have created the smith that bloweth the coals in the fire, and that bringeth forth an instrument for his work and I have created the waster to destroy. No weapon that is formed against thee shall prosper, and every tongue that shall rise against thee in judgment thou shalt condemn. This is the heritage of the servants of the Lord, and their righteousness is of me, saith the Lord. It's a picture of a father saying that my children are gonna have a beautiful place to live, and they will be victorious because of me. There at the end, this is the heritage of the servants of the Lord, and their righteousness is of me. <clears> 2 <throat> Corinthians 6, 14 to 18. <clears throat> Be ye not unequally yoked together with unbelievers, for what fellowship hath righteousness with unrighteousness, and what communion hath light with darkness? And what concord hath Christ with Belial? Or what part hath he that believeth with an infidel? And what agreement hath the temple of God with idols? For ye are the temple of the living God. As God hath said, I will dwell in them, and walk in them, and I will be their God, and they shall be my people. Wherefore, come out from among them, and be ye separate, saith the Lord. And touch not the unclean thing, and I will receive you, and will be a father unto you. And ye shall be my sons and daughters, saith the Lord Almighty. There again, we see that picture of God saying, I'm going to dwell among my people. I'm going to dwell in my people. Matthew five thirteen to 16. Here we see, as believers, we are the salt of the earth and the light of the world. Verse 13, Ye are the salt of the earth, but if the salt have lost his savor, wherewith shall it be salted? It is thenceforth good for nothing but to be cast out and to be trodden under foot of men. Ye are the light of the world. A city that is set on an hill cannot be hidden. Neither do men light a candle and put it under a bushel but on a candlestick, and it giveth light unto all that are in the house. Let your light so shine before men that they may see your good works and glorify your Father which is in heaven. So the master of the house takes a candle and lights it and they would set it on a holder or they would carry it with them. We are the candle of the Lord. He's the master of the house. Now, has he set you in a dark corner, a difficult place? It's because he wants light there. Right? God the Father, our Master, says, "Ye are the light of the world." And a light disperses darkness. So when we think of new life and walking with Christ, this is one of the things that God uses His people. His light is in us, and it will be go into a dark world and disperse the darkness.) <clears throat> Proverbs 3, 13 to 18. <clears throat> For whom the Lord loveth, he correcteth, even as a father, the son, in whom he delighteth. Happy is the man that findeth wisdom, and the man that getteth understanding. For the merchandise of it is better than the merchandise of silver, and the gain thereof than fine gold. She is more precious than rubies, And all the things thou canst desire are not to be compared unto her. Length of days is in her right hand, and in her left hand riches and honor. Her ways are ways of pleasantness, and all her paths are peace. She is a tree of life to them that lay hold upon her, and happy is everyone that retaineth her. Wisdom and understanding are with God. And we don't find them anywhere else and so in coming to Christ and identifying with him being buried with him and raised to new life that is wisdom wisdom and understanding come from that our relationship with God Psalm 18 verses 2 to 4 the Lord is my rock and my fortress and my deliverer my god my strength in whom i will trust my buckler and the horn of my salvation and my high tower that's a good verse to meditate on all the things that god is in our for the believer for his people verse 3 i will call upon the lord who is worthy to be praised so shall i be saved from mine enemies we see the the Shunammite woman in a, in a lesson today, in the Sunday school lesson, calling on God. She went to the man of God. I will call upon the Lord, and <clears throat> so will I be saved from my enemies. Verse 4, the sorrows of death come past me. The floods of ungodly men made me afraid. The sorrows of hell come past me about. The snares of death prevented me. In my distress, I called upon the Lord and cried unto my God. He heard my voice out of his temple, and my cry came before him, even unto his ears. God is our rock, our deliverer, the horn of our salvation. And we, we can call on him and be rescued. <clears throat> Corinthians 5.21 Second Corinthians says he made him who knew no sin to be sin for us, that we might become the righteousness of God in him. Sin is a fundamental relationship. It is not wrongdoing, but wrong being. It is deliberate and determined independence from God. Other faiths deal with sins, plural. The Bible alone deals with sin. The revealed truth of the Bible is not that Jesus Christ took on himself our fleshly sins, but that he took on himself the heredity of sin that no man can even touch. We cannot deal with our sin nature. Only Christ can. A distinction must always be made between the revealed truth of redemption and the actual conscious, conscious experience of salvation in a person's life. I think what that's saying is the difference between knowledge and experience. I can't just know that redemption is available. I need to submit to God, submit to Christ, submit to that burial. And, a, and baptism is a picture of that, of submitting to being buried with Christ, being raised to new life. I'll read that again. A distinction must always be made between the revealed truth of redemption and the actual conscious experience of salvation in a person's life. Am I walking with Christ? Am I going to him in my need when temptation is overwhelming? When discouragement comes? Am I actually going to Christ? Or do I just know that he redeemed mankind? Which one is it for me? <clears throat> As a question for all of us. Those readings were out of Oswald Chambers' uh, devotional book, <clears throat> The Nature of Reconciliation. Okay, at this time, David's going to share his testimony of coming to christ and his desire for baptism and then following that we'll go to the lake and um, david has also asked for prayer And i wrote down the prayer requests that you had and i can't find them i don't know what i did with them so i'll i'll ask you again for them or you can share them if you want to publicly and then after the baptism we'll gather around you and pray for you there at the lake and then the if no one got the message, the picnic lunch today is, um, I mean, we're gonna stay at the lake for lunch instead of coming back here, so. Um, okay, David.
1: Hello, I'm not very good at public speaking, so, uh sorry about that but uh first of all i would like to thank the lord for another beautiful day and just uh the breath of fresh air that um was so wonderful when i came out of where i was staying Uh, and before i say anything else i would like to pray to the lord that he guide my tongue and my heart so that what may come from them and what may come out of them is pleasing before him And just for that, I would like to ask in Jesus Christ's name, amen. So, my testimony, or how I got saved by the Lord, how I got saved by Jesus Christ, um, this was a while ago, I think about two or three years ago. During that time, I was going through some really tough things, and my relationship with my mother was really bad. I was... um, I, I said a lot of things I shouldn't have said. I even told her at one point she should go die, and at some point, I was even physically violent with her, and that was, was very terrible. It's very terrible of me. And um, at that time, you know, after a while, I did ask for forgiveness, but she wouldn't for- forgive me. and then um, unfortunately, that led to just another shouting match between us. <laughs> although in hindsight at least, to some degree was fortunate because that was how it led to my salvation by the Lord. But in any case, after that, for a few days, you know, my heart, it felt really dried and shriveled. It felt really shriveled up like a husk. A very dry husk. And then um, for a few days after that, I just I tried to ignore it, you know, like I tried to go on with the rest of my life, just pretend like nothing ever happened. Uh, <laughs> I even I even tried uh, to read and reread some of my favorite stories again just to distract myself from kind of like the pain and the discomfort that was in my heart. And um, you know how when you're reading stories, sometimes the stories can seem alive to you, like the characters, the setting, and all that. So I was reading for a while, just trying to get my mind off of things, just trying to distract myself from it all but even during that period, like even the stories themselves, even if they were still ongoing, they felt dead to me. Like They were just pointless, and everything was kind of dead in a sense. And I think that kind of reflected the state of my heart at that time. And my heart at that time was dead too. So again, that went on for a few days, and still I tried to distract myself. But at some point, just when I was in the kitchen, <laughs> I think even, Uh, I just I felt like I couldn't go on like that any longer and um, that if it kept on going like that then I would be going to hell so one day just in desperation you know I got down on my knees on my bed and I prayed to our Lord Jesus Christ that he might be able to save me to forgive me forgive me of my sins and just all the terrible things had said and done to my mother and you know when I woke up that next morning my heart it actually had been restored again it had been given living water in a sense because my dried husk of a heart had been restored and (laughs) I just I wanted to thank Jesus for that and thank the Lord for saving me and just for bringing me salvation, so yeah, in that sense, I just want to say amen yeah <laughs> and you know there's a hymn in the hymn book that really <laughs> that really related to, which is um about how the Lord being thankful to the Lord for even saving you know like a wretch like me, and I really feel that because I really A lot of senses I really was a wretch and in some senses I still am but I trust in the Lord and I just wanted to say wanted to pray that um, whatever evil and sinfulness is in me might eventually be destroyed hopefully even with this baptism and that yeah that I might be purified before the Lord and be kept clean before the Lord in the way I live my life and just in my mind, my body, my spirit, and my soul, and just in those things, I would pray for purification and to be made to stay clean as well. And um, yeah, so just in terms of those things, I would say in Jesus Christ's name. Oh, Lord, please grant me those things, and amen.